Like I hope I hope not today, man. Like it's new for some reason. But like, all right, so I'm pretty sure we're live now. Yeah, I think so. All right, but like I was trying to say, like with Isaiah 49, man, like with this part at least, um, like out of all the lessons I've done, like this is the first lesson. Like I can't really pull out anything, you know, from the text. Mm-hmm. Like I could pull out probably one or two points, but that's it. Like for each one, like I'm limited. Like it, yeah. it was nothing. Like it was like this this part versus 18 to 23. Like was missing something. Like it needed other texts, other scripture verses to like really paint a picture and give a mm-hmm. full context and background of why Isaiah's writing what he's writing. Like what's the significance behind it? So. Yeah, in order for me to even be able to like effectively teach this, I have to like do a lot of history, like just study oh, yeah. the history and just take myself back in that time period to like why is this relevant? Like so I, I did a lot of like background reading and settings to figure out like why is this significant? And that's how that's what helped me out. Like, did you have a problem at all? Like <laughs> what Isaiah chapter forty three? Yeah, it's funny you say that because I also had to look up some history because Isaiah is just really context heavy. You kind of have to know that Isaiah is basically predicting that the Israel is going to be sent out to be scattered um, because they have like prophets have gone to them before to try to save them. They ignore them. So you really have to know like the context of, okay, God is claiming that this is the part where God is claiming that he's going to scatter his people right now. So yeah, if you, it is, it is really hard to pick up on if you don't know like the historical context to it. So yeah, I had to look up to, like I had to do that last week as well for 49 verse one, yeah. just because I wouldn't have figured it out that that was Jesus talking the first time through um, without the proper context. So yeah. I had to same here. I just had to like look up Okay, where is Isaiah coming from when he's saying all of this? Okay. Yeah, so the, the title of, of this Sunday School lesson, so we're coming from the International Sunday School lesson. <clears throat> and just to let you guys know, I tested positive for COVID, so <laughs> if I sound weird and I cough while I talk, it's because I probably shouldn't be talking because it only leads to me coughing. So, and I just rhymed, so that was cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I tested positive on yesterday so but i was yeah i I felt it on tuesday man so tuesday was the worst but i had all the like if i could pick which symptoms to have those are the symptoms i got like i got all the easy ones that like were a cakewalk so i just slept for a long time yeah (laughs) so i cut off on all the sleep i need uh but anyways yeah we're in a summer quarter uh this international sunday school lesson it's called uh partners in a new creation and the title of our lesson, I don't know if I said it already, is God's people shall prosper. So other titles of this lesson are uh, All Things Put Right. Uh, another title is Celebrate Jubilee. And another title is God's Restored People Shall Prosper. So wherever you're coming from, you know, thanks for joining in uh, to my YouTube channel. So let's go ahead and get to this passage and like really help everybody who's studying this lesson and this passage to really get all the nuggets and all the gems and everything they possibly can from Isaiah 49, 18 to 23. I hope me and Justin can really articulate it pretty well. I don't know how how this video is going to go, Justin. Because, like, again, like, 18 to 23, man. man like, all right, let's just get to it. So uh, I want to start off talking about the setting before we even get to the verses. But mm-hmm. you know what? Forget it. We can go ahead and read the verses. <laughs> all right, so. All right, so we're going to read Isaiah chapter 49. I said 43. I meant chapter 49, verses 18 to 23. Look up thine eyes round about, and behold, all these gather themselves together and come to thee. As I live, said the Lord, thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all as with an ornament and bind them on thee as a bride doeth. For thou waste in thou desolate places. And the land of thy destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. And they that swallow thee up shall be far away. The children which thou shalt have after thou hast lost the other shall say again in thy ears, 
The place is too straight for me. Give place to me that I may dwell. Then shalt thou say in thy heart, who have begotten me these, seeing I have lost my children and am desolate, a captive, and removing to and fro, and who hath brought up these? Behold, I was left alone. These, where had they been? Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people, and they shall bring thy sons in their arms, and thy daughters shall be carried upon their shoulders, and kings shall be thy nursing fathers, and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face toward the earth, and look up the dust off thy feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. All right. So, Justin, I'll let you start off, man. What do you want to talk about first, man? I do like that. Um, I'm trying to remember what we said last week. But I do like that for this chapter and the chapter before for 48, we haven't gone through that one. God's basically saying that he's scattering the people. Like, they're going to be lost. Like, They've messed up too many times, so they're going to be, I think as the earlier verses put it, remnants. Like there's going to be too few of them afterwards. Right. But now this is the this is the flip side of it. Like every I feel like every story with God needs a flip side. Like um Roman in Romans twenty three, for the wages of sin is death. But then the flip side of the that coin is but the gift of God is uh, eternal life in Christ Jesus. Like there's always two sides um, to God's story. There's always the, how we messed up and then how he's going to save us. So here, like two things here are promised. One, the Jewish church or the uh, Israelites are going to be brought back out of captivity. Like they, like a God, is promising that he'll bring them back. He's not promise. He, we have to know. And since we're really big on promises for these chapters and on these future lessons, we have to be aware that God doesn't promise he's going to give us an easy life, but this is his promise that he's going to save his people. He's going to lift them back up. Another promise he's bringing out is that he's going to be planting the Christian church as well as kind of, as we know it now. Um, and that's going to be through the Savior. But I think a big part of here is just remember that this is God's promise now. Yeah. Like when we are mad at God for like not answering our prayers or not doing something, we have to remember like God doesn't promise an easy way out for all of, all of us. But he does promise that he will be there for us. And this is like a prime example of how he made that promise to the Israelites is that he will be there for them. He will bring them out of out of captivity like he pretty much lists what he's going to do to his captors he's going to um he says to the israelites that they will wear them all as ornaments so like this is what god is promising even when we go through tough things in life he's going to be there for us yeah yeah i like how (laughs) with the old testament one thing I read a book. It's my favorite book of all time, actually. I told you about it. The whole Bible story. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was a summary. It's a synopsis of the whole entire Bible. And it does not really cool. Like, it doesn't do, of course, the whole Bible. But it does, like, the most significant stories that you need to pay attention to. And it does, like, a lot of stories you don't know. Like, it talks about uh, an eight-year-old king that barely anybody talks about, uh, King Josiah. Uh, mm-hmm. It talks about uh, all the kings that northern and southern Israel had. Like, if you go through the Old Testament, which is where I'm getting at, if you go through the Old Testament, man, there's been so many kings. Like, and there's so many writings and prophecies and just talks about kings in the Bible, but especially in the Old Testament, man. Like, and I think it's like, I don't remember what book it's in. It's like First or Second Chronicles, like all of them are in, but people that know the Bible know exactly what I'm talking about, man. It's ridiculous how many kings there are, right? And so, like, if we look at the northern kingdom, like, it's ridiculous. Like, first of all, we remember Israel asked for a king, and they had God. So, you know, 
course, why you need a king if you got God? Because they want mm-hmm. to be like other nations. Then what's crazy is when they got a king, they want <laughs> yeah, other kings, like king of the king of the king. But like it was crazy because like 10 tribes are in the northern tribe. They divided themselves into two tribes. Like, I mean, two kingdoms. Like, this is the whole, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. I guess all of Israel, all of the promised land. I don't know what, I don't know. Uh, but you had the northern kingdom, then you had the southern kingdom, right? And yeah. then what's funny is in the southern kingdom, there was just two tribes. I think it was Judah and Benjamin. The other 10 tribes, so the other 10 children, the other 10 tribes of Jacob were here. And they were the first ones to fall. Like, they had the wickedest kings. Like, you look at the list of all the northern kingdom, how many kings they had. It's crazy, mm-hmm. right? It, it it shows why they would fall so quickly, right? Because what were these kings doing, man? Like, that that's the kicker. So you just talked about, like, there's consequences for our actions. So, like, mm-hmm. God tells us to live a certain way. If we choose to live how we want to live, there's consequences for those actions. And God loves us, and he has to discipline us. So uh, I always like to give the setting, like, anytime we're going through any of the minor prophets, but this is a major prophet, so you need to do it with Isaiah as well. But with a, a major prophet, is no different than a minor prophet, except that a major prophet is the writing's way bigger. So Isaiah is considered a a, a major prophet because he has a lot of writings in the Bible. But anyways, uh, the uh, Syrians uh, took over the northern kingdom of Israel, like I just mentioned, in 721 BC or 720 BC around that time. So 70 years after that in 580 BC, so 580 BC, right? The southern Israel became captives to the Babylonians, right? Mm-hmm. So King, this is when King Nebuchadnezzar would burn all of Israel. But then mm-hmm. Isaiah is also writing about a time where God's going to restore them, right? So he's talking about when King uh, Cyrus from Persia will conquer the Babylonians in 539 BC, right? Yeah. To, you know, and King Cyrus and King Darius, all of them for Persia, I don't know what was, you know, what was in their heart, but they cared about other nations and stuff, so they just let them go back to their nations and stuff like that. So we'll see uh, things like that. But yeah, I just wanted to give that setting. Then also with the southern kingdom of Judah, uh, Isaiah was prophet. I want to talk about Isaiah a little bit. So we know Isaiah, he uh, served, let me see, he carried out his ministry during the reign of four kings and this was in the southern kingdom of Judah. So the kings were King Uzziah, Jutham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. And let me see, the political scene. Let me talk about that. So the leaders. So the reason why the northern kingdom fell was the same reason why the southern kingdom fell. And I just told you, like, it was, you know, southern kingdom fell long after the northern kingdom had already fell, right? So they already had a warning from God saying, like, this could happen to you but they still didn't take heed to it, right? And the yeah. same thing for us. Like, if we're going to apply the Bible, this is why it's important to know the setting, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, America's in the same situation. Like, we're no different. Like, we have been turned away from God as time and time goes by. Who knows? Have we ever really even known God, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, as a nation and as a people, right? Like, my thing is, and then too, it's a lot of ways to look at it, right? For Black people too, like, we're not the only ones that, but like I think about black people, how like we were taken away from, I don't even know where I belong. I don't know my heritage. I don't know my, you know, history. I don't know my ancestry or any of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I, will, will my people be restored of that? Right. All the stuff that we've been through, will we be repaid. Like we haven't received reparations yet. Like everybody else got reparations for the bombing in Japan and uh Pearl Harbor, like I think that's the same thing. But stuff like that, right? Um but yeah, there's a lot of ways of looking at this lesson, right? But uh <clears throat> all you need to know about the Southern Kingdom is they didn't take heed to what God said. Is and Isaiah was warning them, I think a hundred years. Yeah, it was around a hundred hundred years. It was a long time ago. <laughs> it was like sixty years before like the Babylonians even existed, I guess. So the Babylonians weren't even a world power when Isaiah was writing this. He was writing this uh, way before, like that even happened, way before the Persians were even on the scene and could 
take out the Babylonians. So he was prophesying, saying what was going to happen next. So yeah. it, this is what we're coming from with verses 18 to 23 and just with the whole entire chapter of Isaiah 49. So uh, and that says a lot, too, because I want everybody to, to understand that setting, because, uh, man, if God's word is that strong and that powerful, imagine when these people are actually in captivity and going through what they're going through, you know, being passed on to and fro and being scattered because they were captives to the Babylonians and the uh, other nations, probably, uh, you know, the Assyrians too. Uh, and they were just being scattered and, and thrown to and fro and they lost, you know, their culture and their lifestyle and their heritage and the, all the process. Imagine how that felt for them. And then they still had this message of the prophet that was written hundreds of years before saying that you're going to be restored, like you're going to be brought back to the land. You know, some guy's going to bring you somebody. Yeah, mm -hmm. He's going to bring you Gentiles to help you. So that's the, the, the opening of this text. That was a lot. Man. <laughs> and I barely looked at my notes. Like I tried. I that's had a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you have anything else? You, want, you ready to go to verse 18, man? Oh, let's see. Yeah. I'll yeah, I do, but I'll, I'll wait for, like, the verse where it actually pops up. So I'm ready for 18. All right, yeah, let's go to 18. Yeah, yeah, I, think I, got, yeah I think I got something for the next verses. But, yeah, let's get into 18 first. All right. So you, if you want to go to another verse, we can. Like, if it applies to everything we've been saying right now. we can just. I, I think it'd be better to go in order. I'm not going to jump around. All right, so verse 18. Lift up thy eyes round about and behold. All these gather themselves together and come to thee. All right, so why is the prophet writing and telling them to look up and look around, right? So he's telling them, they're, all of them have their faces down and they're downtrodden and their faces are low because they don't like their situation in life. They don't want to look up and look around at anything because all hope is lost and they've been suffering oppression, right? They're captives to the Babylonians. That's the setting. So this was really way after Isaiah was uh, dead and everybody died in Isaiah's time period. This is to a different people, uh, applying to a different people now, right? And it's applying yeah. to people who life's been difficult for them. Like these are God's children who used to be a part of the promised land. Now they're a part of pagans, uh, a part of pagan lands. They lost their heritage, the heritages, you know, they aren't comfortable in Babylon. They Babylonians worship their gods and stuff like that. And they probably don't even know anything about the living true God, really, right? So because there ain't no church, you know, there's no Bible, like there's you know, there's none of that stuff, right? So um Isaiah's telling them to, to now you can look around because look at all who's gathering. Right. So we're going to talk about that in the next few verses in this coming part, this next part of verse 18, because it's going to surprise you who's gathered around. It's going to be yeah. shocking who's gathered around. Right. So you need to look up. Something's happening. Right. So yeah. oh, we're going to say something, Justin. Oh, no. I was just saying, yeah, I think it's amazing that it started out with not only is God going to bring his people back, but he's actually going to bring in like multitudes of people from surrounding nations now so he's actually taking an opportunity where everyone's scattered everyone's divided and not only is he going to unite them again he's going to unite more people than ever before yeah, yeah. <coughs> all right let's go to that next part <coughs> all right as i live said the lord thou shalt surely clothe thee with them all as with an ornament and bind them on, on thee as a bride doeth. All right, so this next verse, uh, this next part of the verse, that part can be confusing because somebody said that the ornaments that they're going to be putting on are all the Gentile nations. Uh, I don't. That's, that's what I could do. Oh, I could you did? That. I could see okay. that as well. It sounded like he was trying to multiply, multiply the nation. Um, so it sounded like, it sounded like all the things that God's adding is, wasn't going to be a burden. It wasn't going to be a blemish. 
but it was like people he was bringing in that would strengthen them. Mm. Yeah, and so that's the whole point. Like he was saying that uh, all you know, <laughs> like a bride adorns their jewels. Everybody, I like jewelry. I don't have it on right now. I always wear it though, because uh, I feel naked without it. But like, yeah, as we wear jewelry, we're going and we adorn ourselves when we have jewelry on, and we bind ourselves with it. Uh, you're these. Uh, it's going to be so many people gathered together. So many people that you never even thought existed that come together, that's coming back to the land with you. That is going to be, uh, it's going to be amazing to have all of them together. Like, so it's just going to be way more people than you ever anticipated. So it could be Gentiles, but I think also it's just that next verse is going to cut back up what I'm about to say, I think, um, or the, the verse after that, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's the verse after that. Uh, it's going to basically say the, the children you thought didn't exist, you know, the children in Israel that you thought died or the mm. children that they had, <laughs> they still had, like, during yeah. captivity. Like, it's going to be way numerous than what you thought. Yeah, so that's that's how I, that's what I got from the adornments part. Ornaments part, my bad. Okay. Yeah. And then also one of the points I had was the, the Lord's love and faithfulness for Zion are also shown by his promise for their future, right? It isn't, it isn't just demonstrated by the past and the present, but also by his future plans for them, mm-hmm. right? So God, he does everything intentionally. He has a plan for everything. That goes like what Jeremiah 29, uh, 11, that verse, like, you know, for his future plans he has for you and all that stuff is to be prosperous and successful, all that stuff. So yeah, man, God, he plans out everything, man. He, nothing in your in your life. Happens accidentally. He's, right. Everything's orchestrating. He's orchestrating everything perfectly to draw you closer to him. So that's why the Israelites went through what they went through and everything like that. All right. So, did you have anything else for 18? <laughs> Just uh, no, I don't think for this one. Okay. Let's go to yeah. 19. Oh, go ahead. I was also a little confused by you will wear them all as ornaments. Mm-hmm. But I, I was also reading the same thing that you just mentioned. Oh, okay. All right, yeah, let's go ahead. I'm going to read 19. Uh-huh. All right, for thou waste and thou desolate places in the land of thou destruction shall even now be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants, and they shall be swallowed, and they that swallow thee up shall be far away. All right, so you, I'm going to let you go first on this one, Justin. Yeah, I think it kind of says the same thing we were saying, like, everyone's gonna be like lost or people are gonna be made into remnants but not only when god unite unifies all of them not only will they be large again they're going to be too they're gonna be too many of them to actually fit all in one place it's going to be overpopulated like mm-hmm. it's be a place of destruction it's gonna be a desolated place at first but then God's going to bring in so many, so many people. There's like no room for it. Right. I think that's a big testament of how. And I'm just gonna like relate it to a modern application. I really think that's how God um, kind of does His work with a lot of people. Like we're going to go through a lot of valleys, but like the stars shine brightest when it's the darkest. Like when He's going to use moments where we feel desolate and give us even more than we could more than we could ever hope for and we're going to appreciate it because now we've been through that valley we've been through the darkness we've been through that desolation yeah man like that is crazy man like how how was zion so how was the promised land ever desolate and in in wait late in waste anyways you know and uh, it happened from King Nebuchadnezzar burning down everything when he took it over uh, from Babylon, uh, when they took over and he burned, I know he burned the walls. I don't know how you burn a wall made of stone, but okay. Uh, He burned the houses and everything. And then he burned the temple. But then that's my question. What happened to the Ark of the Covenant? Like, how did you burn that? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. 
Yeah, so I, yeah, I can't wait to get <laughs> into lessons like that. Cause I know, I know, I heard some lessons where they tried moving it and stuff. People died, but and they saw the power of God. Yeah, and then it was by a statue. It was by one of their guys, and the guy kept on bowing down to it, and they didn't understand why he kept on falling down to the ground, bowing to it. But uh, anyways, uh, that was, <laughs> I went off off rails right there. But uh, going back to that verse that we're on. That last part said, they that swallowed thee up shall be far away. So it's saying the Babylonians, you know, they're they're far gone. The people that conquered you, they're, they're, your enemies are gone. You know, they're far away. And as a matter of fact, they don't even exist no more. They were taken over and extinct after the, per the Persians took over. Uh, so, yeah, the people that are keeping you from God and keeping you from the land, they're, they're no more. So now you have the means and the ways to come to this land. And even though it's a, uh, a a desolate place and a place laid by waste, you know, God can do something glorious in that alone, right? So it doesn't, it, it could, you know, uh, the condition on the land that was once Israel had become, you know, a wasteland, desolate place, a place of utter devastation. So it, it seems unlikely that it could be a place of abundance, you know, promised by the prophet Isaiah and by God essentially. But it will. And that's the whole point. So, you know, some of our points was, you know, God is able to restore more than what we lost. And then when God restores us, we will experience more prosperity than we could have ever imagined. So did were you going to say something, Justin? Like you about to say something. No, I'm sorry. I was just agreeing with you. Oh, OK. <laughs> but, yeah, I just want to throw that out with that verse as well. Dang, I, you know, I really left something out, though. That should really be said, though. How oh, was that? It's just so much, man. It's 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 going back to my setting and background, like with verse eighteen. Um, I, I gotta read some of my notes for it to make sense. But it says in the late eighth century BC, the northern kingdom of Israel was uh, devastated by the Assyrian army. These were the ten tribes of the northern kingdom of Israel, like I mentioned before. Uh, it was the policy of the Assyrian Empire to take people from each of the nations they conquered and scatter them among other conquered nations that they ended up mixing the different nationalities, cultures, and religions. This was a deliberate attempt to erase the religious and cultural memory of various groups. So that's what I was trying to say the, the whole time. And then it said in the in 6th century BC, the southern kingdom of Judah, which included two tribes of Jacob, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, the Babylonian armies uh, took the leading citizens of Judah to Babylon in three separate deportations. And so basically, you'll see multiple times that they scattered the children of Israel just so that they could forget, to, so they could erase their religious like tendencies and just their culture, their memory, their history. So really, they are trying to like push them in their culture and show them their gods, and so that they can lose their zeal for the Lord. Like that's what they were doing, right? Yeah. yeah so, uh -huh. uh, and the whole point was like this is the whole point. Like even though, despite that, like if that's the case, like you had leaderships, a uh, leadership like Isaiah. So you have prophets. God still sending prophets to teach the word, even though in that land, in that culture, you know, there was other guys, a lot of other guys, a lot of other cultures, like, you know, yeah. pagans, everything like, but they kept on having the word of God. So they didn't have no temple to worship in during exile. Right. But yeah. God's word was still the central, like still the, the central of life. So like, there yeah. was the role. Integrated. For yeah. It was still integrated. Yeah. They didn't worship God. It was still, so far integrated into their culture, they kind of followed him without realizing it. Yeah, so there's a role of people to gather together to connect to God. So that's one thing I want to say. Like, even though no matter what your circumstances are, if you feel alone, if you feel like you're a part of a culture like this, like that's just so much distractions keeping you from God and you know keeping you away from doing what's right, like in what you know yeah. you should be doing. What what everybody will be doing, right? Which is worshiping God, praising God 24-7, always in your word and stuff like that. Like we can hold true on God's word and his promises because it, it will come to pass because all these guys, they can have hope in 
hope in what the prophets said, you know, and the promises of God and his word. So we can do the same thing. So yeah, our hope is in God and his, in his word, man, not in, you know, the circumstances and the destruction and everything that we're facing in life. So that's something else I got from just this lesson in general. Okay. Yeah. I had a few more, but that's not important. That, that, that basically gets to what I want to say. You had anything else for 19 or you ready to go to 20? Oh, let's see what I wrote down. No, it was um, just the fact that they multiply. I think I'm ready for 20. All right, I'll let you read 20 and just talk about it. Yeah. <coughs> Children born during your bereavement will yet say in your hearing, this place is too small for us. Give us more space to live in. So I know basically, like, he's just talking about all the converts who are coming to Jerusalem. And, like, Jerusalem, after after they've lost, like, an abundance of the children by um, pretty much, like, all the things God said they would suffer through, like, uh, the sword, through famine, through captivity, like, mainly the captivity. Like, they're going to have a new family growing up instead. Like, um, it's going to be children who don't even remember that captivity. It's kind of like when uh, Moses was taking the people through the promised land, like, it was 40 years in the desert. The people who made it to the promised land were not the original people who knew of the captivity. So same thing here. Like all the kid, all the children who had to go through that, they won't remember the captivity. They're going to say, this is too small. They're going to um, grow up in a place that God has set for them. And all that they will know is that they are a, multiplied group that they're a huge group that they're going to be appointed by god they're god's basically restarting um that covenant and starting with the people who only know him who know what god has what their people has gone through but also kind of remember that their foundation is now god right yeah this this verse makes me question like, has it been fulfilled yet? Because I can't think of a time mm. where well, Israel, that's you know, good. Yeah. can you think of a time where it overpopulated like that? Because then that makes me think about God's promise to Abraham when he said, you know, your descendants should be more, look at the numbers of stars in the sky. That's how many children yeah. you're going to have. Look and, at the, yeah, the sand, I think, right? He's, I think he said, to look at the grains of sand in the sand. That's how many yeah, children. that's a lot of kids. He ain't see that ever. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he only had. Yeah, he only had one. Well, technically two. Yeah, he uh, only had one uh, legal descendant. But like technically, God was referring to like all his descendants mm-hmm. um, after he passed away. So I don't know. That's true. This could be. This could be poetic. It could be literal. I'm not really sure because no, I can't think of anywhere in biblical history or current history where like Israel's been overpopulated but it refers I kind of wonder if it refers to like the Gentiles as well like all the people who are now following Jesus are way too big to fit in the country of Israel now it's like scattered or pushed to the ends of the earth right and that's why I think like the millennial kingdom come to play because we're going to talk about that in the next few verses, but basically it's going to be so many more people because you're going to influence the Gentiles to come with you. And they're going to be influenced because of the banner to come with you to be a part of this land, you know? So it just makes me think about the millennial kingdom. Like, you know, when <laughs> Jesus comes back and he's over Zion and then how, how populated will that place be? Right. Everybody won't be there, but it still be a, a pretty populated place. So, uh, yeah, it makes me think about that for for this verse uh, as well. But, yeah, I'll go ahead and go to that next verse, man. You want me to read that one, too? Yeah, sure, because I'm reading weird. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The children, oh, sorry. Uh, Then you will say in your heart, who bore me these? I was bereaved and barren. I was exiled and rejected. Who brought these up? I was left all alone, but these, where have they come from? I kind of laughed at this because it kind of sounds like they're look. Who go? Who looks at their kids and says, "Who bore these?" Yeah, but I I think that it, that's interesting. It's 
I was kind of wondering if this meant that um, that God was going to do his work before we even realized what happened. Like we were, we would be so fixated on all the things going wrong in the, or they would be fixated on all the things going wrong in their life. They would be concentrated on their exile. They'd be concentrated on them too much that they didn't even realize that God has already brought all these helpers, all these workers, all these uh, people of the land. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's that's just a um, that's just kind of a guess or a perspective. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> I just want to throw it out. Like she was amazed. And just like confused about all these kids because you know, she was saying she was barren, like you know, she's desolate, she lost hope, like nothing's going good for her and her captivity, like ain't no fruit being produced here or anything, she's barren. So she was just surprised about how many kids that there were, you know, before and after captivity, but really after. And then coming back to the land. So she's just like, man, where do all these kids come from? And for a life application, like, I think that talks a lot about Christians. Because in my Christian walk, sometimes I feel alone. Uh, Not anymore, not since I've been in ministry. But back in my day, uh, especially college, like, I felt like I was, like, the only star in darkness. My college was Sodom and Gomorrah, pitch darkness, man. And I'm the only star there. So every once in a while, I was still across another star. So somebody else that's saved, that's a true child of God, that loves the Lord, devout and everything. And we would have, it was like fireworks going off. Like when we talk, it's just a different dynamic, man. We just understand each other. We relate to one another. Like it's a deeper uh, conversation going on and you just sharpen one another. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, you know exactly what I'm saying. We we do the same thing. So I don't even know why I described that. But uh, yeah, so... For me, that the life application is, you know, you're going to be surprised by all the, you're not alone. Like, for a believer, you're not alone. You feel like you're alone, man. There's other believers out there doing the work, serving the Lord, loving the Lord, and doing what you're called, and doing what they're doing, what we're all called to do, and called by God to do. So just run your race and do your part, man, because we're all going to come together, come together one day, and it's going to be a glorious occasion, man. So, mm-hmm. Do your part now. Don't don't quit. Don't give up. Don't settle. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's the life application for verse twenty one that I got just looking at it. Um. Oh, and then something else too is like God's blessings uh, sometimes come from out of nowhere. Like mm, yeah. yeah. So though the promise seems too good to be true, God confirms it with an oath to the nations. Yeah, was that that verse? Did we just read that? Then thou shalt say in thou. We were at verse twenty one, right? No, we yeah. haven't, we uh, haven't read 22 yet. All right, yeah, so we, yeah, we just finished 21. All right, yeah, I'll wait to go to 22, guys. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, something else I want to say, too, for another setting with this verse is, as we have learned, you know, there are multiple ways of Jacob's descendants, you know, displaced by war. So some were displaced by the Assyrian army, you know, from the northern kingdom. And more than that was more than a century and a half earlier than the others who were de- displaced by the Babylonian armies, you know, which is the southern kingdom, what we're talking about right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, God, through the prophet Isaiah, was saying to Jacob, you know, the descendants of Jacob, Israel, you know, you have been growing in numbers throughout the years, you know, all along. You thought you were, you know, extinct, you know, you're, you're, yeah. you're out of the equation, but... You know, the whole entire time God was working, right? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, <clears throat> so it was hidden in view in plain sight, but it really wasn't not in God's eyes, and that was really what's going on. Yeah, so, yeah, and they're scattered like spores in the wind. There's a lot of spores in the wind, right? That's how they were scattered, right? Yeah, so, they're everywhere. Yeah, and so. That gives me hope too, because a lot of people have been there's been a lot of war in this life, man. Like you you know what I'm trying to go at, man. Like this yeah. is sad, man. Everybody. Why can't everybody win? Just I like happy. that application because I, I haven't even thought about that before. But I like yeah. that. I think okay. that definitely makes sense. That's powerful stuff. Very right, good. All right. <laughs> you ready to go twenty two or you had anything else for twenty one? Uh no, I'm good for twenty two. 
All right, I'll try reading it. Read it. Yeah, I got it. All right. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I will beckon to the nations. I will lift up my banner to the peoples. They will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their hips. Yeah, so I, mm, I had I had a verse from Psalms that this made me think of, and I, I lost it, unfortunately. But this definitely makes me think of some verses where every nation will, like, bow, every tongue will proclaim God. Like, when he's giving that imagery of, like, banners out to the people, like, suddenly, like, if you're, if you're with God, you're going to realize when he's calling out to you. Um, even when you're like a Gentile in a faraway land, once he lifts up that banner, like everyone's going to be gathered. Like this, the, the imagery is just like really powerful where all the Jews were cast off, um, but God is working to uh, build that church back up. And that church is going to be a, the church isn't just a physical building. It's like the people, like the people have been spread out, but they're going to find their way one way or another. That's something I like about. Um, that's something I like about my motorcycle group, or having Bible studies, or just anything. That's a small group where you're like getting different people's inputs. Is you see how many people come from different walks of life, but we all come together because our love for love of Jesus. Um, like there, there's like absolutely no reason um, some of the people I hang out with would be hanging out. Except, like, they saw the banner of God. They were called to go to that certain ministry or certain study or certain church. Um, and, I don't know, this, I just love this in- imagery because it makes me think of that exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I like how you said that. So we just focus on that uh, standard part <laughs> and set up a standard, my people, and set up my standard to the people. You know, I'm going to read that whole part. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I will lift up my hand to the Gentiles and set up my standard to the people. Like, why would you set up the standard? Why does a standard need to be set up? And I think it said, a ban- it said other, it basically means like the standard means banner or flag. So I like how you pointed that out. Uh, but it's how, it implies how God will call the Gentiles. You pointed that out as well. And it implies that, uh, you know, this is how God's going to call the Gentiles and the nations to do his will, right? This this standard, this uh, banner, this flag. And that reminds me of, like, in the book of Exodus, like, how did he get Pharaoh to do his will? How did he get the Egyptians to let his people go? And mm. not only that, how did he get the Egyptians to show favor on his people, the children of Israel, by giving them way more than what they needed for their trip. So all the silver, all the gold, all the bronze that they had, right? Yeah. For their for their trouble, like, of their slavery in Egypt for, I think it was, how long was it? I don't remember. I think it was like 400 years. Or so. I don't remember. But uh wasn't that long. I don't know. But anyways, uh, yeah, so something else uh, that God meant, I mean, something, Another thing that God meant, you know, set up my standard to the people, you know, he would show his his banner to provide a sign for everyone that they can't ignore. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's giving everybody the motivation to come see, you know, come see this this thing that, you know, it's a it's an invitation of a, a beck and call, you know, that God is given to the nations like you can be a part of this, you know, welcoming them into the family, the church. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you you know it's that because all the captives, all the Gentiles, all the all the people are are bringing their children and daughters, you know, on their shoulders and stuff in, in the next verse with yeah. them. So that's the whole idea. <coughs> What's the whole idea? So anybody think again, <laughs> Christianity is just for one group of people or anything like that. God's trying to reach everybody, man. So mm-hmm. don't be. Don't be limiting God's word and his love because he, he yeah, wants everybody like, to be saved. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then also with the Gentiles, that part. I'm going to read that next verse. Uh, and they, the Gentiles, shall bring thou sons in their arms and thou daughters shall be carried upon thou shoulders. So this is talking about the uh, Persians. You know, they will help the sons returning exiles of Zion to return 
to Zion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to throw that out there. And I'm ready to go to that next verse if you want, man. That's in- yeah, that's interesting that you say daughters on uh, their shoulders. I'm, I have daughters on their hips. That was in- interesting. It does make give me that imagery of, like, they're being treated tenderly like a parent would a child, though. So I do like, I do think that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's something else, too, man. Like, they're just – the prophet and guys trying to paint the picture here, like, your enemies will become your friends, man. They'll treat you right. You know, they've mm-hmm. been treating you wrong for, you know, a long time. But, you know, now it's time for them to restore you everything you lost and help you to return back to where you belong, man. So – that's hope for us too, man. Like whatever situation, some people are going through awful, awful life, man. I'm gonna call it what it is, man. Like life's mm-hmm. hard. Older yeah. you get, the harder it gets, man. So, but God's gonna restore you. If He don't restore you in this lifetime, man, you best to believe, man. Glory, heaven gonna be worth everything. It's gonna be worth everything. Ooh, what yeah. a quote. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like yeah. that. Yeah, so you might as well just try to avoid hell. <laughs> Jesus, man, because heaven, heaven's going to be worth it, man. Mm. Hey, that is powerful, man. That, that, what a sermon that would be. Heaven's going to be worth it. Yeah, like, all the struggle, yeah. all the pain. That's, a, that's actually a good title for a study. I like that. Yeah. It's going to be worth it. Yeah. Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the video. I don't think I'm going to forget it, man. Oh, I did yeah. it a few times, but. All right, you ready to go to 23? Yeah, anything else for 22? No, I'm good. Ready to go to 23. All right, let's finish it out. All right. And the king shall be thou nursing fathers, and their queens thou nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face toward the earth and lick up the dust of thy feet, and thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. I like that because it took me a moment to realize, but it's basically saying that some of the rulers of the nations will back them up. Like the kings and the queens will be the foster fathers and the nursing mothers. And you do kind of see that. Despite like all of the pagan kings that are in the Bible and the trouble that the Roman government kind of gave to gave to uh on jesus during his ministry like you do see like the government play a part in god's plan like even pagan kings played a part in god's hands but there are some there have been some kings who intentionally tried to um further god's goals like constantine um was the first christian roman emperor um and like he was able to make christianity the uh quote unquote unquote like there's more more to it than that but like the official official religion yeah like some people are some theologians argue if that was good or bad for the history of christianity but you do see stuff like that that like how often does that happen like usually kings or the government are fighting against the church or like king henry the eighth made up his whole a whole new denomination just so he could divorce his wives like five times <laughs> but um but i don't know just the fact that god was able to use some rulers as his own workers i think is amazing yeah yeah some people have been saying that well, they're saying some you look at any nation any leaders uh especially like in america some presidents supported Israel more than others. Yeah. Some didn't even want to support Israel, actually. They actually did stuff to hurt Israel. So, like, if you look at, like, their history and their lineage, and just look at their life, man. Like, bad things happened to them based on if they supported Israel or if they didn't. Yeah. And I don't know. I haven't looked into that. And I don't really care too much. But, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, like other nations are the same way, right? Like, yeah. the nations and everything. But anyways, it's just, it's just saying that, you know, one thing that got me in King James Version said, and kings shall be their nursing fathers. We can't, we don't have no breast milk. So how are you going to nurse anything? And, and then in another version, you look at the new uh, the NRSV, it said, king shall be your foster fathers. 
Then it says, Queens, your nursing mothers. So I like how it switched it a little bit because it gave you a different uh, take on what it's really trying to say. So nursing just means, you know, provide nutrition to help something grow and stay alive. So literally the people who held you captive, you know, God's going to bring other people to help you get the nutrition and the growth you need to stay alive to stay alive and to not only that bring you to the place that you need to be man so the mm -hmm. Persians will help the exiles return by providing whatever they needed to make the trip home that's literally yeah. what I was saying like <laughs> the role was reversed you know it goes back to like the caring parent uh analogy like they're gonna start caring they're gonna start loving and caring for the children uh, of God you know like like we should be. Uh, and that's how yeah. it's going to be. Like, it's really prophesying how life's going to be. Like, one day in glory, you know, you're not going to just be able to come up to a child of God and be like, man, you're going to, you know, <laughs> and oppress us, take advantage of us. Yeah, yeah. right. Jesus is going to reign, man. Like, you're going to have to show respect, man, because, like, we're his child. We're his heir. Like, we're not going to uh, say you got to worship us because all glory goes to Jesus. This is his. Mm -hmm. His, this is his city. This is his life. It's all about Jesus, man. And that's how it should be. So, like, <clears throat> I like that next part that talk about look look up the dust off your feet because it just means to show great respect and reference for. So, yeah, it's just predicting. Of, it's predicting how something will happen in the future. This is what this whole verse is doing, man. Like, it's a prophecy. And yeah. it's saying what it's going to be like, man. So, uh, yeah, man, people that don't bow down to God now, man, yeah, you're going to look up the dust of our feet. Like, we're we're right, right now. It's the yeah. truth right now. Like, the word of God is here to stay. It ain't going nowhere. It never it has never failed. And this text is saying that because the Persian king, King Cyrus, King Darius, and King Xerxes, they all helped Israel back to the land. Like, that fulfilled the prophecy. That's, that's one way it fulfilled it. The other way was the, the southern kingdom did fall to Babylon, to the Babylonians. So they had to deal with being in captivity. That's another prophecy that was fulfilled. And Isaiah prophesied about these things 100 years, 70 years before it happened. Like, come on. that This is the word of God. So what do you think is going to happen next? Like, what does the word of God say is going to happen next? It's going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. So we hold true to the word, man. Man, people laugh at us now. We be put to shame now. But, mm -hmm. like, at, in the end, they got to look up the dust off our feet, man. Because we were right. They should have ran the race with us. But we yeah. ran it so good. Now they got us. We smoked the dust off of them. You know, because mm -hmm. we. <laughs> I said it wrong. But you no, can... no, I got you, though. Yeah. And then I like that next, the last part, man. Like, for they shall not be ashamed that way for me, man. Like, this is the whole point, man, of this whole entire passage. Like, if you didn't get anything else from this passage, man, all who wait in confident hope will never experience shame and disappointment. Will you experience people disagreeing with you? Yes. Will you experience being persecuted? You know, Isaiah was sawed in half by the fifth king that was alive during his time period, King Manasseh or something, because uh, it wasn't one of the four kings I mentioned earlier that reigned during his time that he was a prophet. It was yeah. the, like next king in line that killed him like so in saying that he was sawed in half like get that he was sawed in half i don't even know how he was sawed in half i've been seeing like people upside down being sawed in half like right in the middle which would be awful but yeah. uh yeah. either way yeah. yeah either way it goes man like there's a cost for running this christian race and mm -hmm. you're not gonna get all your hopes and dreams fulfilled here on this earth Maybe you'll get lucky, and you're blessed like that. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, tell you how it really is, man. Yeah, just like Jesus promised in John sixteen thirty three, in this world you will have trouble, but do not fear, for I've overcome the world, man. Jesus has overcome the world. He is your hope. He is why you wait. So, man, it's gonna be worth it in all the end if we just hold tight and rest on you know, Jesus reigning and yeah. him making everything right. Like the title of one of the lessons was all things 
put right. So all things made right. That's the lesson today, man. Like all mm. things made right, man. It wasn't right what the Israelites were going through, but there was a penalty for their sin. And God mm. saw it just for this to happen to them. And what did it lead to? Them having greater relationship with God. Now, did all of them have greater relationship with God through this? Probably mm. not. I can see some people being negative yeah. saying, man, F you, God, for doing this to us. But yeah. Yeah, that's the whole point of the Christian walk, man. Loving God, regardless of your circumstances and what you face in life, man. Those mm -hmm. who wait on the Lord shall not be disappointed, man. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Yeah, did you have anything else, man, with this? No, I I just like that we're I'm I'm glad we went over these verses because it is kind of hard to pick out like what the message is supposed to be. But I do like that this was god's promise all along like we're a lot of times we kind of treat god as like a genie in the bottle like if we pray he'll answer our prayers but like gosh i i know like the israelites definitely weren't praying for it to be um scattered or um captive like kept held captive and stuff like that but god did promise like he's going to use their turmoil for the betterment of his people for the betterment of um, their lives moving forward. So we definitely need to just remember of like what God has done for us. Like he's made Kings, our foster fathers, Queens, our nursing mothers. He's allowed our enemies to um, provide adv advantages to us. Like we lick the dust at like the enemies kind of lick the dust at our feet like there there's a, there's a lot of promises god has given us um and we need to remember what he does provide and not focus on what we what we ourselves wish he had provided right and this lesson turned out way better than what i thought it would man oh yeah yeah <laughs> and at the beginning you had me nervous i was saying oh is it gonna be that bad i thought it, I, I like i liked this one not as much as last week's. I did. I like last week's better. Yeah. Because there was a lot of content to unpack there. But I like this one because it was, it did have like the positivity of like God's promises. You just had to like dig into it. But man, yeah. you got nervous. I was thinking, oh no, is this study going to be like a bomb? But no. Yeah. I if like I had it. to do it by myself, yes. Because I would have been dependent on my notes, man. I just would have been yeah. like glued to it. <laughs> trying to like really paint a picture and it would took me forever like that was yeah. awful man no i i totally understand <laughs> it only would have been like that too because like you want to make sure to paint that picture of like the history of like yeah what, what what it was like because i didn't even really do a good job at that because like if i was to talk about like just you gotta understand how much israel was scattered like how many times were they conquered like <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know. Too many times. <laughs> Every time they were conquered, they were scattered. And then yeah. we even talk about it. Like when they were when they were restored to land and the Persians said, Man, y'all can go back to your land. Like not all of them went. Some of them wanted to stay in Babylon. Some of them wanted yeah. to stay in Persia. We talked about that. They got comfortable. Yeah, yeah, they got comfortable. Yeah. So like not everybody went back. And there were still a lot of people. But was it a lot of people? It could have been more if everybody like really went went back. But some people were content, you know, with you know not being in God's land and all that stuff. But you guys do understand, man. It's so so much to pull out. Like once we actually like know a little bit more, I feel like we'll be able to pull out more. But I, I guess it was a good starting point for like our first. This is my first time in this text, man. So mm -hmm. I guess I guess it was sufficient. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. All right, but yeah, guys, we're gonna go ahead and end this video because we got other stuff planned too. Uh, so you guys make sure to uh, follow our social media pages. So let me sure share my my screen. So here go my other social media pages. You guys follow those, please. Um, this is my YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Uh, and then here on my YouTube channel, you can find even more Sunday school lessons I have done. I've been doing this for a while. I just haven't been consistent in doing it weekly. So that's what I'm trying to do. If it's the Lord's will and God helps me to do it, amen. Hopefully that happens. If you want to hear more messages on Isaiah 49, I have a playlist on my YouTube channel as well, Upward Past Crossroads. You can listen to all the messages that we have on that. And I think me and Justin are going to do some more videos on that tonight. 
Uh, also, uh, follow me on Facebook, you know, befriend me. And you'll know when I'm going live as well, because, I mean, I'm live right now, right here. Uh, befriend Justin on <laughs> Facebook, and then also uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel, Chaplain Logs. All right, guys, so thanks for tuning in. I pray that everybody enjoyed this video. Please share it with people you think is going to benefit. And I'm so happy to join the Sunday School uh, community here on YouTube. So you guys take care of me by liking, sharing, subscribing, commenting, and let me know what you think. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and just help this video to go up. So if you watch this video, you have to watch, you have to like it. All right. You have to comment. All right. So that's the only way this video will go, go up Man. better and bless more people. But what, were you going to say something, Justin? Yeah. I was saying it's mandatory. You have to. Yeah. All right, guys. I'll talk to you. We'll talk to you in a minute. Peace. Y'all stay blessed.